Okay, good evening, LCM. Today is Wednesday, March 13th, 2019. And the title of our message is Treasure It. Treasure It. So we, we moved by from last Sunday's message, and the pastor just, just hit on this. They just hit on this. We had a, a life-changing message just three days ago, and they had to come in here and encourage us. Let us not have the same thing happen on Sunday, this Wednesday. So last, on Sunday, the message was on guarded. Who in here has heard that message since last Sunday? Mm. Nolan has. Andrew has. Carlos has. A lot of others have. Amen. Hallelujah. Who has been guarding it since Sunday? Putting that into practice. Hallelujah. We learned a new word, shamar, in the Hebrew. Old Testament 8104, a verb meaning to watch, to keep, to preserve, to guard, to be careful, to watch over, to watch carefully over, or to be on one's guard. Look, that word shamar, we learned is an action. Shamar is an action word. I want you to think about right now, put it in your brain right now. What changed between Sunday morning in the first three days of your week from hearing that message. Because shamar is an action. And what our pastors preached on is an action verb. So if you're here, if you listen to that message, shamar has incredible connotations for our life. What were some of those, what were some of those definitions one more time for us, Asad? To watch. To watch. How intently can you watch something? To keep. To keep. How intently can you grab a hold of something and not let it go? To preserve. Preserve. Man, that's a, that's a powerful kind of word. Preserve to the, the day that you die. To guard. To guard. Come on. Everybody get strong in the house of God because you got something that the Lord's given you that he wants you to guard. To watch over. To watch over. When I think of watch over, I think about the precious nature of the family that God's given me. And I want to, with all of my heart, watch over Shamar, that precious gift that the Lord's given to me. Amen. Guys, Shamar is an action verb. If you can't think of how your actions have changed over the last three days, then let me challenge you. There might be a reason why it was kind of flat in here as we were beginning to worship. It's because we got to put this into practice, church. If Shamar's an action verb, and we can't think of what's changed the last three days, that's a life-changing and life-giving kind of word that we had last week. Who wants the Shamar? Come on. Who wants the Shamar? Let's do it. Let's Shamar, y'all. Come on. So tonight, we're going to start in one of the central passages from Sunday's message, because our pastors are amazing, and what they had was amazing, and we want to start and build on what they have. Are you guys ready tonight? Go with us to Exodus chapter 19 and verse 3. And when you get there, say, treasure it. Man, treasure it. You guys are fast. Verse 3. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob, and what you are to tell to the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be a treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Did y'all see that? There was there was kind of a, a condition. If you fully, fully obey, as I read that, I was asking myself, am I fully obeying the commands of God? Am I fully keeping his covenant? Are we doing that in here today? Can we say that right now? That's sobering. Do you see what is, what is required of the nation of priests that God is building? To Shema, to Shema, to listen and with the expressed intent of obeying. And beyond that, to shamar, to guard, to protect, to keep the covenant. Yeah. 
Not a single act of obedience. Not just being born again one day in some distant galaxy away some time long ago. That's not it. But a lifestyle of obedience, y'all. A following back to that tree of life. A direct command to Shamar. To Shamar your own families. To work, to guard what God has given you. We want to highlight in this passage tonight the fact that, that we are Gentiles. With the exception, I think, of Ohad. I think he's the only, only actual root of, of Abraham in here. <laughs> Sorry to call you out, Ohad. But we're all Gentiles in here. We, we've been grafted in to the promises of God. To Israel, to, to Israel, to God's chosen people. We weren't so far off, y'all. We've been brought back near as recipients of his precious promises. God has something in store for each and every one of you. For us as a body, your father has treasures for you. You guys listen to that. Your father has treasures for you. Were any of you, like, I know you guys were here for worship, but were you guys here for worship when Peyton started speaking there at the end? He said, man, I feel like the father has something special for us tonight. I feel like the Father has some sort of treasure, something precious that He wants to give this congregation. Well, our, our whole entire word is focused uh, on these treasures that the Father has for us. So engage this text with us tonight. Don't, don't let the glaze come over you. As you're turning to Isaiah 33, engage this next text. Engage it with us because we are firmly believing that the Father has precious treasures for you and for us tonight. We're firmly believing that. That's why He's given us this word. Treasure it when you get there, church. Treasure it. Point to verse 5. The Lord is exalted. For he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. I long for that day. I long for the day where Zion is filled with his justice and filled with his righteousness. I long to look at the nation of Israel and see the Lord's justice and righteousness filling that land and filling his people. I think about it so often, almost daily. That the Lord would restore and revive His actual treasured possession that's Israel. To do with them what He is doing with us. I want that with all of my heart. Look at verse 6. He will be the sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. We've been, we've been loving to study this because the Holy Ghost is illuminating it to us repeatedly the last couple months. Do you fear something besides the Lord? Do you have some sort of fear stashed up inside of you that does not have sacred to the Lord written across it? It doesn't have a label that says the Lord's provision only. The Lord's property only. That fear, that emotion, those actions surrounded by fear are reserved for the King of Kings and Him only. Guys, if you want to go after that treasure, you're going to have to take captive the fears that are crippling you tonight. You're going to have to take captive with your hand. Take captive the things that are preventing you from moving forward, preventing you from seeking Him, preventing you from doing it with all of your heart. You're going to have to take a captive church. You're going to have to take control of it tonight. Because your Father has treasure for you tonight. So good. Turn with us to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. And when you get there, say treasure. My son, somebody say, sons don't lose. Sons don't lose. Sons don't lose. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, who wants insight? Who wants understanding? Well, call out to him. Jesus. And if you look, if, and if you look for it, 
as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the wisdom, for the Lord God. I'm sorry, for the Lord's gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk is blameless and he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Store up commands in your heart, guys. The Lord has treasures for you and he wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you, but we must be faithful over the treasure he's given us already. It has to be woven into the very fabric of our lives and our actions, y'all. The Lord has treasures for you. Guys, those treasures can't stay on a dusty shelf somewhere. No, they can't. They can't stay in the, in the back corner of your closet somewhere. They can't even stay in the recesses of your mind somewhere. That, that's something that you don't value. That's something that doesn't matter. That's something that's going to fade, perish, spoil, be destroyed. That's what that's classified as. You see, true treasures that come from heaven, that come from the Father, that come as a revelation, they don't stay in the recesses. They're constantly being forced into the forefront of your mind. They're constantly being forced into the focus of your eyes, the focus of your ears, the focus of your day, the focus of your time, the focus of your family. That's what a true treasure is in your life. See, the Father has true treasures. Are you valuing them as such? Are you living your life for the treasures that He's given you and the treasures that He will reveal? Treat His treasures as those precious things. Let your actions be the reflection that, Father, this is precious. Father, this is something that I treasure with all my heart. Father, I love, I love the things that you've revealed to me. I love them. Look, look, my mouth freely proclaims them daily to my wife, to my children. My mouth freely testifies to the treasures that you've given me. They are precious to me, Father. Proverbs 8, verse 12. A couple pages over. Treasure it with me whenever you get there. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Somebody say, hate evil. Hate evil. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance. Evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me, kings reign. Rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern. And all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me. This is wisdom speaking. I love those who love me. And those who seek me, find me. It's a promise. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, along the path of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. If this is a year of prosperity, church, then those treasures that the Lord is giving you, you must grab hold of. You must guard. You must actually treasure with your actions. This verse, it's so amazing. I walk in the way of righteousness. Treasures of wisdom, knowledge, understanding that come from the Father manifest themselves as righteousness in your life and in my life. Righteousness. When wisdom dwells in you, it's like the treasuries of your heart are overflowing with that spiritual provision. Now, could that not be, could there be any more accurate word for us this year? When wisdom is dwelling in our hearts, understanding, discernment dwelling inside of us, it's like the treasuries of your heart are overflowing with spiritual provision. Your father has treasures for you. Amen. As Nick's saying this word, I'm thinking of, of Joseph in Egypt and how they had the storehouses full of grain. And you can say 
it's potential treasure. I mean, if you're hungry, that's treasure. That food is treasure. And they came to him to get that treasure. And he gave it out. He gave it out. So we need to seek God to receive treasure to give out to others. It's not just for us, for those around us. We're still in a, let's stay in Proverbs chapter 15. And when you get there, say treasure it. Verse 6. The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings them trouble. Has anyone ever got some wicked income in the house? No hand? Oh. <laughs> hey, he's Christian Sawyer. They're honest. Thank you. Did it bring trouble? All right, the word is true. <laughs> when we walk into your house, what, what are we going to find there? Are we going to find treasures of righteousness that Nick just talked about? Or just merely entertaining things? Your father has treasures for you. Amen. Turn over to chapter 24. Come on. Let's keep going. Treasure it. Verse 3. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So let's get real for one second. We're going to have a couple moments where we get real with each other. What are the compartments of your heart filled with tonight? Are the compartments of your heart filled with rare and beautiful treasures tonight? Are they, is that what the compartments are filled with? I was having a conversation with a brother today, and he said, Man, I had a tough day. I, I was putting thoughts down, putting thoughts down, putting thoughts down. I'm excited that he's fighting. And what are you replacing those, com- those wicked things in those compartments? What are you replacing them with? Because what we're talking about tonight is replacing them with treasure that the Lord's given to you. Now, do you have something that's going to jog your memory? Do you have something that you can read, you can meditate on, you can cry out with the Lord in His presence and say, this is real treasure, Lord. What I was thinking about five seconds ago, it's not treasure to me. It's not treasure to me, Lord. This is treasure. I want to guard it. I want to put it at work, put it to work in my life. This is what I want to fill the compartments, the recesses of my mind with. What you've given me. My mezuzah statement. What my family is supposed to be doing. The standards that have been set for my family. The future that you have for me, Lord. Let me meditate on these things. Let me replace the wicked things with these things, Lord. Because they're real treasure. There's something that I actually value. There's something that's going to last. Your father has treasures for you tonight. Amen. Go with us to Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. And when you get there, say treasure. Amen. But the, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Y'all, the Lord's not stingy. He has an abundance of treasure. And he wants to give it to you willingly. We are his children. It is his pleasure to give his children the kingdom of God. The Lord is looking for someone who hears, who understands, and who puts into practice. The Lord has treasure for you. Now go on down this chapter to verse 44 with us. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that Have you discovered something that is precious to you and that is changing your very life? Because I know that I have. I've discovered precious things that when introduced to my life, started changing me drastically, changing the way that I look at the world around me drastically, changing the very fiber of my being. The question is, are you willing to sacrifice for that treasure? This man sacrificed it all. 
He went and sold it all. He went and gave it all up because that treasure was actually treasure for him. What would you, what lengths would you go to to receive something that was actually treasure in your own life? To what lengths are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go to get what the Lord wants to give to you? Let's keep reading. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Are you seeing a similarity here? It's almost like it's always going to cost us all. It's almost like it's always going to cost us everything that we have. And if it's not costing us all, then there's something wrong with our formula. Do you have all the kingdom that you want? Please, please don't answer yes. Please don't answer yes. The beginning of worship felt like we had all the kingdom that we could possibly handle. In the name of Jesus, after this word, after with the help of the Holy Spirit, Him stirring our hearts, we are actually going to go after everything that the kingdom has to offer in our lives. Your Father has treasures for you. Go with us to Revelations chapter 1, verse 9, and say treasure it when you get there. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. In the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you have, what you see. And send it to the seven churches at Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I, I want us to kind of just engage with this scripture with the illusion of the first time. As I'm reading this, can, can, you, can you imagine yourself as one of the 12 apostles? All the others are done. They're, they're dead. And you know how they've gone out. And you've been exiled to an island for your testimony of Jesus Christ. You're an old, you've been in the Lord for a long time. You're an old man. Imagine how John is feeling right now. But he has the treasures that God has given to him. So John went through suffering for the kingdom, patient endurance. But he was given the treasure of the book of Revelation that we have before us today. Amen. True treasure from the Father comes from suffering. Are you hedging yourself from it tonight? Are you keeping yourself from the suffering that the Lord is trying to bring you to, to produce treasure in your life? True treasure from the Father comes from patient endurance. Have you given up? Have you thrown the towel in whatever situation you're going through? Are you willing to pay the price that it takes to receive that true treasure from God? Your Father has treasure for you. The treasure that the Lord gave to John. It cost him initially. But when he got it, he sold everything else he had to receive it, to store it, to guard it, to put it into practice. Wouldn't you think if John was writing here, it'd be odd if he said, and I got that treasure and I put it into practice and something weird happened. I started suffering. The kingdom started breaking out all around me and it was hard. I had to patiently endure. And, you know, it almost broke me. <laughs> That's funny. Wouldn't that be odd? Yeah. The treasure that the Lord is giving you, yes, it costs you something. But when you're faithful to it, there's always more treasure on the other side. Amen. It costs John all. And it's always going to cost you all. Just get that mentality inside of you because that is a kingdom principle. You can go to the bank with it. Amen. The thing that you don't think, 
It's going to cost you. I can almost look into your eyes and guarantee you tonight that that thing, that's what it's going to cost. That thing that you don't want it to cost you, it's going to cost you that. So come face to face, come to grips with that tonight. Because his treasure is, I, I can't even describe how infinitely more important, valuable, beautiful, fulfilling, great, incredible. I, I could go on and on. It's just that much better than what you're holding on to. It's just that much better. John was on a prison island, guys. And he's sitting there because he was faithful to the treasure that the Lord had already given him. And he's sitting there and he's praying And he gets a vision and one of the greatest revelations and treasures that we have ever read ever. We're still enjoying the treasure that he got today. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. In verse 2, Paul says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. That seems like an interesting verse after that. Fine-sounding arguments. Brother Assad, what is a fine-sounding argument? I'll give you one. When I look at others' lives, I have more head knowledge than they do. I'm doing better than most. Brother, that's a fine-sounding argument, and you might be deceived. Another one. My most daring leaps of faith were toward the beginning of my walk. Brother, that's a, that's a fine-sounding argument, but I think you're deceived about that, brother. I've gone far enough, y'all. The Lord will be pleased with me if I stay right where I'm at right now. That's a fine-sounding argument. It always takes all, no matter where you are in your walk in the kingdom. You might be deceived. All right, all right, all right. You ready for me to go? I want to go. Go ahead. Give me some. <laughs> Preaching the gospel, especially traveling to the nations, is only for a select group of people. That's a fine sound argument, brother. Very fine. And you might be deceived. Are you? Man, okay. Making converts and making disciples is essentially the same thing. That is a fine sounding argument. Very convenient. And you might be deceived. Okay. My last one. The Lord doesn't expect me to do much with the treasures he's already given me. That's a fine sounding argument, brother. And you might be deceived. Oh, man. I got to shake myself from this deceptive thinking. I got to shake myself from these fine sounding arguments because they don't line up with the testimony that we've already read tonight studied tonight, preached on tonight, of what the Word says about treasures. We've even looked at men's lives up to this point and seen what it costs them, even from the mouth of Jesus. We've got to destroy this deceptive thinking. So tonight, who's with me? Who's with us in going for full riches? I am! Tonight, who's with us in going for complete kind of understanding tonight? I am. Who's with us in going after all the treasures tonight? Guys, your father has treasures for you. Paul's purpose was that they would be encouraged toward the father's treasures. And we want to do exactly that right now. Assad's going to help us out with that. Amen. Follow us to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 34. When the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore, not a man of this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your forefathers, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Who wants to follow, who wants to follow the Lord wholeheartedly here? 
Verse 37. Because, because of you, the Lord became very angry with me also and said, you shall not enter it either, but your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will enter it. Encourage him because he will lead Israel to inherit it. Again, looking at the scripture with the illusion of the first time, can you guys imagine how they must have felt to Moses? He's dedicated the majority of his life to Israel, to seeing them freed from Egypt and going into promised land. And it seems like for one simple mistake, he's told he can't see it, he can't enter it. Who in here has ever gotten in trouble for something you didn't do? Yeah. <laughs> how did that feel? You felt it was injustice? I've been done wrong? Put yourself in Moses' position. How did he get over that? The treasures that were set before him. He treasured it. Let's face the facts. Fine-sounding arguments and deception have destroyed the love of most. But as we stand here today and we look out at our brothers and sisters, we know that you guys can treasure it. We want to encourage you. Be encouraged that you can do this. You can treasure it. You can have the Lord's treasures. Caleb did it. Joshua did it. Moses did it. And so can you guys. You can pass this way of life down to your children for the generations. You can be exactly who your father is calling you to be. Pour your heart into this. That word encourage is actually kazak in the Old Testament. Verse, it's a 2388. To be strong, to strengthen, to be courageous, to overpower. We want to encourage you that you can live up to your father's treasures. See, what was happening in Joshua and Caleb's day, it's not so different than what is happening today. It's not so different than what will happen after us. You see, even Jesus said that the love of most is going to grow cold. Even Jesus said that in the end days it's going to be terrible and even the elect are going to be deceived. But have you ever wondered how you can protect yourself from that? It's exactly what we're talking about tonight. It's guarding the treasures that the Lord's given you and will give you. It's actually putting them into practice and washing your mind and your actions with the things that you know the Lord spoke. That will guard you for however long you're going to be here. And it will guard your children for however long they're going to be here. Because the Lord put them in your house to learn what you know. And it will guard their children and their children and their children. Guys, turn with us to Joshua chapter 10 because I got to figure out how, how Joshua was so successful in this. We got to figure that out together. He obviously did certain things that made him treasure what the Lord had given him. And he protected it. And he guarded it. And he wouldn't let any, anybody near it. And if somebody came to him and said, yeah, that's not true, then it didn't matter what they said. It didn't matter what other people thought about it. It was his. It was from the Lord, and he was secure in who God was making him to be. Look at Joshua chapter 10 and verse 22. Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me. These are the five evil kings that they found in their midst. So they brought the five kings out of the cave. The kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, Sariohad. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and they placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Somebody give me an echad. Hot. And then you can give me a kazak. Kazak. <laughs> Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. We're not going to read the following verses, but you know what they did to these five kings? They struck them down. Then they killed them. Then they hung them on five trees. Then they threw them into a cave. And finally, 
They put rocks in front of that cave that the Bible says are still there to this very day. So whatever the fine sounding arguments and the deceptions that are entering into your mind and that are being allowed to remain in there, whatever they are that the Lord is pricking tonight, that the Holy Ghost is saying, this is what I'm talking to you about tonight. You need men to come beside you and encourage you. Put your feet on the necks of your arguments and deception. Strike them down. Hang them up. Throw them into a cave and never remove the rocks. And go in a different direction. And start guarding the precious things that the Lord's given you. And don't return. Don't ever move those rocks from the entrance of the cave ever again. Leave them there as a testimony. Look everybody. Look brothers. Look at my growth. Look at my growth just one month ago. Do you remember what I was dealing with? Just one month ago, do you remember the struggles that I was having? Just one month ago, do you remember the condition of the relationship with my wife? Do you remember how my children were acting? Do you remember how lazy I was during the week? Do you remember? That's in the cave with rocks piled up, deader than dead, never to be uprooted again, and I'm going after treasure! You can live up to your father's treasures, church. Go with us to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 13. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests of the Levites, gathered around Ezra the scribe to give attention to the words of the law. Okay, after a time period and a long season, a season of living contrary to the treasures the Lord had given his people, they turned their ears and hearts back to those treasures. They needed some kazakh. They needed to be strong and courageous. Let's see what happens. Pick up in verse 16. So the people went out and bought back branches and built themselves booths on their own house, excuse me, booths on their own roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square by the water gate, and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from the exile built booths and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had celebrated it like, had not celebrated it like this, excuse me, had not celebrated it like this. And their joy was very great. They were going back to doing it the way they did in Joshua's day. Yeah. Doing it right. Killing the kings and arguments of deception. Amen. Good. When the people of God wholeheartedly turned themselves toward their father's treasures once again, it caused them not only to get back on track, but to celebrate again like never before. And their joy was very great. Who needs a reason to celebrate in the house of God tonight? Come on, y'all. Who needs a reason to celebrate in the house of God tonight? Amen. Who needs very great joy in their lives? I do. Who needs the kind of revival to have a revival in their life tonight? Church, you can live up to your father's treasures. A lot of you guys are living between the time periods of Joshua and Ezra. You're living in between these. In the beginning, you look like Joshua. Nothing could stop you. Full of zeal, full of fervor, going after it. The Lord's speaking. I'm doing. Now you're in a desert place in between those times. And you, you need a little bit of this reintroduced into your life, and nobody can do it for you. Nobody can revive that time of Joshua back into your life but you and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Only you and the Holy Spirit can revive that time. And guys, tonight, oh, you can surely do it. You can surely revive that time. I don't care if you've been in the church for three months or three decades because we have both categories in here. You can revive that time where you are absolutely on fire for the treasure that God's given you. You can revive it. 
You can go forward in what the Lord's called you to be. You can do that. Guys, turn with us to Matthew chapter 16. As you're turning to Matthew chapter 16, I want to share something interesting with you. As Asad and I were studying, we discovered something crazy. A treasure, so to speak, Pastor. Guys, Kazakh only has two cognates in the Newer Testament. Only two times in the whole Newer Testament where the cognate for Kazakh shows up in the Word. The first one is in Matthew chapter 16. Check out verse 13. You might recognize it. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For you just got a treasure. This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not kazakit. All of the kazak that the enemy has cannot stand up to your treasure. All the power of wickedness on this planet cannot stand up to you standing firm on what the Lord has given you as treasure. You can live up to your father's treasures tonight. There are two cognates. We just read the first one. And we're going to get to the second one. None of you guys be cheating back there. We're going to get to the second one, but first we want to testify to you about something important to us, about men who've done what we are talking about here tonight. Man, they're very treasures in his household, y'all. Just a few years ago, the Lord spoke to Pastor Matt and told him that he needed to work in a team with his brothers for righteousness sake. Since then, Pastor Matt has taken that treasure and been faithfully putting it into practice in every area of his life, y'all. Look at the fruit it's produced in this church, in the lives of the members in this body, and in the one association. He treasured it. Look, guys, you, you know that all of us are supposed to be able to look at our pastor's lives look at their and see their progress and the way that they're growing in the Lord to see the way that the Lord is blessing them with treasures and they're implementing it everywhere. The Lord gave Matt a treasure and he's implemented it in every corner of his life. And it's producing fruit over state lines and over national boundaries. It's producing fruit everywhere. It doesn't matter the why uh, or the talent or the chemistry between uh, any group of people working together. It only matters that it's called by the Lord and it's for the sake of His righteousness, period. It doesn't even matter why. Let's just go after it together. Amen. Pastor Wade heard from the Lord many years ago a treasure that has never left him. He was told to equip and empower God's people for their works of service. How many in the room have been equipped and empowered by Wade or Christy or both? Towards your works of service in the kingdom. That's almost every hand. They've taken a treasure that started very small, granted. And they have expounded it to every corner of their lives, every day of their life. That's what we're to do. Amen. Amen. Over 20 years ago, Elder Bosch was speaking to the Lord. And the Lord told him, that he had given him languages as a treasure so that he could use them for evangelism wherever he went. For two decades, Elder Bosch has been using this treasure that the Lord has given him to reach foreign people 
with the gospel and it teaches brothers to do the same. He treasured it. Now, if the Lord's told you that the same treasure of languages that Elder Baj has is to be your treasure as well, how much have you treasured that? What does your life say tonight? Has it been treasure for you? Or has it been something that one man has gotten right and you just refuse to learn the lesson from his life? For two decades plus, that man has been going and speaking languages that he's never gone to school for because he was diligent with the few that the Lord was speaking to him about at first. And he absolutely enables him supernaturally at times to get the ones that he doesn't have. You see, that treasure has expounded in more ways than we can even talk about tonight. Faithfulness is the key, church. In September of 1993, the Lord gave Elder Charlie a vision of an arm made up of Christians that was moving, being molded together in order to touch the nations of the world with the good news of Jesus. Elder Charlie has spent the last 26 years making that treasure become the reality that it is today, and we're seeing it happen before our very eyes, guys. We want every single one of you in here. We want ourselves to look back in 26 years and say, that treasure that the Lord told us, that vision that he gave us, man, it's alive and well in my life and in hundreds of men's lives all around me. Guys, that's your destiny. That's your destiny as a son of God. So these men have received treasures from the Lord. And for years, they've been physically implementing it. They never let it go. It's part of who they are. These men are our pastors and our elders because they guarded the treasure that they were given from the heavens to a point that it's woven into the fabric of their lives. It's not even possible to separate them from the treasure that God's given them. It's so much of who they are. Are you kazaking the treasure the Lord has written on your soul? Are you? Is it affecting the way of life and the decisions you make from day to day? Is it governing your family and influencing others around you? We got a treasure, y'all. Let's turn to Luke 23. We promised you a second cognate. Treasure. Treasure. Find verse 20. Let's read together. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he spoke to them, why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts, kazak. The reason why we're presenting this to you tonight, the reason why we've been chewing on these concepts is because it doesn't take much for your flesh to scream and shout so loud that it prevails over the treasure. You know, once you get yourself going in the wrong direction, just a little while, it doesn't take long until you're running in the wrong direction. When your thoughts go wild for a little while and you lose sight of that treasure, 
doesn't take long before you just completely lost in the forest somewhere. We need to reconnect with that treasure tonight. We need to have sober eyes, evaluating exactly where we are, evaluating if we're actually, I mean actually, living out that treasure as precious. Amen. So we like to to move to a close here tonight with the testimony of Peter's brother, a man named Andrew. Go with us to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So Andrew's walk with Christ, with Jesus, is just like most of yours. Jesus extended an invitation to you to come follow him, to drop everything and follow him. Did you bring some of those nets with you? What does it look like? Maybe it's a safety net of comfort, passivity, financial stability. Take your pick. That was the beginning of Andrew's walk with Jesus. His Lord looked at him and said, you, come follow me. He dropped the nets, jumped up, ran after it. Let us read you the end of this man's walk. If you've been not entirely truthful about your evaluation, about how you're dealing with the Lord's treasures, then I want you to really listen to what Andrew has to say. Peter's brother was crucified by Aegeus, a Roman governor in the city of Sebastopolis, where the 40 martyrs of Sebast were also killed a couple hundred years later. Andrew had brought so many to faith in Christ that the governor came to the province to compel the new Christians to sacrifice to idols and renounce their faith. Andrew challenged Aegeus to his face, told him to renounce his false gods and idols, and declared that the gods and idols of the Romans were not gods, but devils and the enemies of mankind. In a rage, the proconsul ordered Andrew not to teach and preach and warned him that if he did, he would be fastened to a cross. Andrew replied, I would not have preached the honor and glory of the cross if I feared the death of the cross. He was immediately condemned. As Andrew was taken to the place of his execution, he saw the cross in the distance and cried out, O cross, most welcome and looked for, with a willing mind, joyfully and desirously, I come to thee, being the scholar of him who did hang on thee, because I have always been thy lover, and I have coveted to embrace thee. Andrew was given a treasure. He was given something by Jesus. We're about to read it. But can you hear the way that Andrew looked at that cross? Can you hear the way that he looked at what was waiting him, said the treasure, it was by far worth it. In some ways, you could say that the cross that he looked at became his treasure. His heart was so wrapped up in the treasures of God that that cross actually became his treasure. He had no idea what might await him when he first dropped the net. 
But he knew he didn't want to live as just an ordinary man. Amen. There was treasure to be had. Yeah. And you don't have to be ordinary either. Amen. So go with us to John chapter 12, verse 20. And when you get there, say treasure it. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies... It produces many seeds. Does anyone want to die to yourself tonight? Yes. Verse 25. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for, keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Now some Gentiles just came out to see Jesus. Andrew was one of two who presented these Gentiles' request to Jesus. Jesus looked at Andrew and told him, whoever serves me, must follow me where I am. My servant also he will be. Andrew took the words of Jesus so seriously that he coveted the chance to follow Christ into his same death and glory to the Father. Jesus told Andrew how he could live a life full of treasure in the abundant presence and power of God. Andrew treasured the revelation that was given to him. O cross, most welcome and look for, with a willing mind, joyfully and desirously. I come to thee being the scholar of him who did hang on thee, because I've always been thy lover and I've coveted to embrace thee. We've got just a couple more scriptures and we're going to take a turn here. You guys ready to take a turn with Jesus tonight? Are you ready for that? The Lord has treasure for you, and it's true. Your Father has treasure for you. But tonight, possibly an even more real truth is that you have treasure for Him. Turn with us to Psalm 116. When you get there, land on verse 12. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? As we're talking up here, I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed at the Lord's goodness to us. Uh, I'm feeling full of his goodness. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you, and I will call on the name of the Lord. Now, your life might not end the same way that Andrew's life did. Or maybe it will. Only brazen faithfulness over time will be able to tell that. But today... You have a chance to be the treasure that your father is longing for and calls precious. You have a chance for him to look at you and say, ah, see that? That's my treasure. That man is my treasure. He belongs to me. 
That woman is my treasure. She does my bidding. She does whatever I want her to. What I tell her is treasure. When we treasure the treasure that he's given us, a little more of our past life dies every day. I am treasure being offered up to you tonight, Lord. I want you to say that. In, in your soul, I am treasure being offered up to you tonight, Lord. Take my life. Take my obedience unto death. Each day, may it be precious treasure to you, Lord. You can be your father's treasure tonight. Amen. So, I want to bring it to a practical application. Uh, give you a, a peer into my own life. And so, many of you know my, my young son, Evan, six years old. And many of you have seen, maybe seen me discipline him in this place, this very church. And so, at times, I've told him, you know, Evan, your behavior is shameful for things that he's done that, that, that have upset me, that have been wrong. And so, Evan has started reading his Bible every night, and it's amazing. He's, he's becoming an amazing reader. Uh, it's, it surprises me how smart he is. And every night, read, read the Bible, me and him. And one night... I have to admit, I was tired. Went to work, had a full day, gave him his bath, fed him. I wanted him to go to bed. I just wanted to spend time with my wife, veg out maybe. And we didn't read the Bible. And Evan said, Dad, we didn't read the Bible tonight. I said, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, son. He said, that's shameful, Dad. (laughs) I got a rebuke and correction from a six-year-old, y'all. It was strong. <laughs> and it, it's, it's funny. I told my wife. We laughed about it. We had the Sutherlands and the Molochs over our house for a fellowship about a month ago. I told them. It was a funny story. We laughed about it. But in light of this sermon and treasuring it, as I told my brothers at the shop, I wept. I wept like a baby. Amen. I'm fighting like the tears now. I poured my treasure into my son. I told him the word will save his life. He has to learn to read it and obey it, to shema, to hear and obey from a very young age. And he blessed me. Even when I was tired and wavering, he gave that treasure back to his father. Can I tell you how encouraging that is? I was so proud of him. He pleased his earthly father and his heavenly father. He gave us back that treasure, y'all. Turn with us to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he is coming. He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. To what level have you shrunk back tonight? Don't you want your life to be precious to your father, a treasure? Pick his treasure in your life. Back up tonight. With this treasure, pick back up your confidence and pick back up your faith. You can be your father's treasure. Let's put Revelation 12.10 on the board and you guys stand up with us. It's our last scripture tonight. It's one of most of our favorites, and it's one of our favorites for a reason. Because it's a really, really amazing scripture. Like Assad's been saying all night, let's read it together with the illusion of the first time. Now have come the salvation and the power 
and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Messiah. You are a part of the kingdom of God on the earth. You. Yes, you. So if you're a part of the kingdom, then salvation can come to you tonight. If you're a part of His kingdom, then power can come to you tonight. If you're a part of His kingdom, then that kingdom fellowship of our God can come to you tonight. If you're part of His kingdom, then the authority of His Messiah, the one where all the treasures dwell in, can come to you tonight. Guys, tonight is an opportunity that your accuser doesn't have to be your accuser anymore. You can put him down. You can put him under your feet. You can say, you have no more power over me tonight. You've been accusing. You've been nagging in my ear. You've been, you've been tormenting my thoughts, accusing me. But you see, God's salvation, power, kingdom, and authority are at work in my life. I have treasures. I'm treasured by the Father, and I am His treasured possession. And you have no power or authority over me. Verse 11. They triumphed over Him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. One more verse. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. Guys, I think, not I think, I know that this is the moment that the Holy Ghost was talking to us about at the end of the first worship set. Because we have a chance that the heavens might rejoice with us here tonight. But it's going to take us picking back up those treasures. It's going to take us picking back up those purposes. Picking back up those things and saying, Lord, I haven't treated this as precious, but I need to. And what's more, I want to. I want these to be precious. I want these to be at the forefront of my mind. I've been unfaithful. But today is that new day and tomorrow morning is the day where treasures are actually treasures in my life. Heavens the heavens are going to rejoice with us as we obey this word tonight, church. They're going to rejoice and something's going to break loose. So whatever it is that you must do, do it with all your heart tonight. Whatever it is, whatever step it is, do it with all you've got. And the heavens are going to rejoice with us tonight. Let's pray, church. Holy Ghost, would you do what only you can do in this place? Holy Spirit, revive us again. Revive our souls again, Holy Ghost. We're coming to you with all we've got. We're coming to you with a full heart. We're coming to you. Sometimes we don't even know what we need from you. We just know that we need something. Would you revive those treasures? They must be precious to us. We want to be that precious, treasured possession of you. Father, revive us tonight. Let us walk in your holiness. Let us walk in your power. We pour out our hearts to you, and we worship you in Jesus' name.